Hi, this is Pastor JC. I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast here at Faith Outreach Church. We want to invite you anytime you're in the area to come by and visit us at 3001 Wallace Avenue here in Terre Haute, Indiana. Sit back and enjoy today's message. Hey, we want to thank the, let's see, the deacons and the Godbys and the Plues and Becky, is that it? They came, put all the Christmas decorations up. Amen. And they did a, did a good job too. Doesn't it look nice? Yeah, praise the Lord. Um, a little thing up on the COVID thing. Uh, <clears throat> we're uh, abiding, so if someone does come in here, we should be COVID free in this church. But if someone does come in here and has it, and then they report that they came to church, then we're able to tell them, no, we're doing the math, we're doing the distancing, and so they won't shut us down. So until something, until something changes, you know, if in a couple weeks or something they relax or something like, like that, we'll start the children's uh, church and everything back up. We're just going week by week and seeing what happens. But from my understanding, it's sort of increased in the area and uh, we're not the only one that's uh, been affected by it. And so other churches and, and everyone's sort of just navigating, trying to figure out what to do and, and what, they, what they can and can't, cannot do. So anyways, we'll get through it. Praise the Lord. God's good. And uh, so um, let's see. There's something else I was going to uh, say. But, um, oh, when we do the uh, carry-in, I guess we'll just, you know, Ask you to wear your mask when you go up and get your food. Then when you get back to the table, just like if you went to a restaurant, we take off our mask. And uh, so, anyways, we're not going to let it dictate everything in our lives. Uh, so, but that, that'll be a good time. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this time. We pray tonight, today that you'd give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of you. Lord, open the eyes of our understanding that we may see and know the hope of your calling and the riches of your glory, of your inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe. Hallelujah, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places far above all the principalities and powers and mights and dominions and every name that is named not only in this world but that which is to come and you have placed all things under his feet, gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is your body, the fullness of you, that filleth all in all. Father, we confess today that we have ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit of God is saying and doing in our midst. We thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Open your Bibles, 1 Corinthians 11. This is probably, gosh, I, didn't, I wasn't here last time we did communion. I can't remember if the time before I was here. So it seemed like it's been a while since we've been here uh, to do this. But um, I had a couple things I just wanted to share before we get ready to uh, receive uh, communion. Um, 1 Corinthians 11, Paul talks about the revelation that he got concerning the uh, Lord's table, uh, communion, what we would call it, really gives explanation on these tokens that we would say, the bread and the juice, uh, and gives us the spiritual truth behind it. 
You know, it's just like everything we in the word, uh, until, you, until you add your faith to it, it doesn't work. And so we can always go through the motions. And, and again, if you're not believing, if you don't have the truth behind it that you're uh, basing it on, guess what? Then there's no power. Paul said this, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto those who doubt, know what? To believe. So notice the gospel becomes the, the gospel uh, is, it has the inherent power within it, but it only becomes possible when you believe. Amen? And so it's the same with this. Everything that we do, we do by faith. That's why we take the, take the time, go over the word, you know, get the truth, and therefore then we'll appropriate our faith. So let's start today, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. Let me set my clock. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Paul said, For I have received of the Lord that which also I deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is a new testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Now, so let's look at it first. Let's look at the body. The body was a substitute for you and I. He said, remember, he said it was broken for you. Amen? So let's see what, let's see what was provided. 2 Corinthians 5.21. We see righteousness was provided through his body being broken. Second Corinthians 5.21. For he has made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. Notice that we were made righteous. You know, we were singing that song just a little bit of grace, and that um, what a wretch, how did I go? I'm a, I was a wretch, I am a wretch, or whatever it was. And anyways, but we ain't no wretch no more. Right? Amen. We ain't no sinner no more, Right? Amen. The reason why we're not sinners no more is because as soon as we come to Christ, we were made righteous. Hallelujah. And that's the truth, you know, that's the truth, again, that you have to meditate on and keep before you at all times because I'm telling you, that old nature, wants to, that old nature, that thinking, wants to creep back in at times. And it wants to prevail in our minds and our soul. But the truth of it is you are in right standing with God. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because he made you that way. He made you that way. Amen. He made you that way. Glory to God. You didn't earn it. It wasn't anything that you did on your part. He made you that way. Amen. And so that's a, that's a righteous thinking is a way that you and I are to, to uh, think in this world, glory to God, and not associate ourselves any way or any part anymore with the world's way of thinking. Amen. 
We're not to, we're not to think as, uh, that we're sinners anymore because you ain't a sinner. Hallelujah. You're righteous and right standing with him. And when you have that prevailing in your soul, then what happens? You come boldly to the throne of grace. You, come, you don't come sheepishly. You come boldly knowing that you have every right to come into the throne of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And the Bible says as we do that, then another thing that's going to begin to happen, you're going to bear fruits of righteousness. If you don't believe you're righteous, you won't bear fruits of righteousness. Amen. You're going to live under, you're going to live under a, a, a covering of condemna, a condemnation. Always feeling unworthy. Always feeling ashamed. Always feeling like you, you never come up to par with God. And that is, and that is again, that's the world. That's the, that's the world's way of thinking. And you and I have been delivered from that. Amen. Hallelujah. And so sometimes you just got to press through it. You know what I mean? Press through it. That means when you're having those feelings, when you're thinking that way, you've just got to press through and say, no, no, that's not me. That's not who I am. I am in right standing with God because Jesus made me that way. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So number one, for he has made him to be sin for us. Everyone say us. Amen, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, there's something's interesting here. We might we could look at it, I wasn't going to, but go over to 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. Anytime you catch yourself saying anything else, you need to correct it. You say, why does it matter so much? Because he died for it. He gave his life for us. Now look at this one. This is 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many know his grace? What, what are, when we talk about grace, what are we talking about? Gifts. Gifts. Grace. Grace, graciousness. God is gracious. And when we talk about gift, for by, uh, for by grace are you saved, right? Not of works, lest any man should boast. It's a free what? Gift. So when you're talking about grace, you're always talking, that don't bother me, hallelujah. When you talk about grace, you're talking about something that God gave to us, right? Salvation was what? Given. Given. Amen. You don't have, you didn't do anything for it. And, and when you talk about grace, you're always talking about it was God's idea. God's work, God's idea, God's doing. So in other words, man has nothing, man had nothing to, to do with that. Aren't you glad? Amen. Because you know we would have fouled it all up. Amen. And so notice he says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, everyone say rich. So that already does away with the way the world talks about him being poor. Bible says he was rich. Hallelujah. Everyone say he's rich. 
Amen, that's our Lord. He was rich, yet for your sakes, everyone say my sake, hallelujah, he did something for you. What? He became poor. So he was rich, and then he became poor. Amen. That you, through his poverty, might become rich. The reason why I went here, because remember in 2 Corinthians 5.21, said he made you. He made you righteous. And then he's talking about here that you might be rich. Hallelujah. He made us rich too. Now we're not going to teach on this today, but rich means an abundant supply. Hallelujah. That you have a supply. You know, Psalm 23 says, the Lord is our shepherd and I am full of want. What does it say? I shall not want. Why shall we not want? Because he's your shepherd. He's a good shepherd and he'll give you whatever he has that he has provided for you freely. Everyone say freely. Amen. He's not holding back. He's not a withholder. Hallelujah. He's a what? He's a giver. He's a giver. James talks about our giving God. Hallelujah. That when we come to him, his hands are stretched out, glory to God, already open, ready to, for you to receive it. Amen. Before you even ask, as you're approaching him, he's already got it out there. Amen. And so he says here, now we see another redemptive truth, glory to God, that he became poor. You know, so when, did he when was he rich? The whole time that he was on earth. Everything that he did. It's not talking about his material wealth. It's talking about his heavenly wealth that he could believe God, he could reach up and through that, the heavenly substance receive any, everything and anything that he needed to do the work and the will of God. Anything. We see him, we see him feed the 5,000. We see him pay the taxes. We see him heal the sick. We see him raise the dead. Okay, that's no poor man. Hallelujah, doing all that. That's a rich man. A rich man, a son of God. Hallelujah. And it says he became poor. When did he become poor? The moment that he went to the cross. Remember, he said, oh my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That was the moment that the plug was disconnected. The supply source that he was always hooked to, he become disconnected and poverty come upon him that was upon all mankind and he became poor. No longer was he connected to the supply, amen, to the heavenly father. No longer did he have the heavenly substance. He became poor and the Bible says he did that for our sake. Why? So that you and I now can connect to the, the heavenly supply. Amen. We've been connected. We've been plugged in. The switch has been turned on. Hallelujah. We have a supply. Praise God. In this life, to work, to do the will and to do the plan and, do, and walk in the abundant life that Jesus Christ has provided for us. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the, the word is what directs us. The word is what teaches us how to walk in that. But legally, you're connected to it. Hallelujah. Amen. It's just like you're connected to the, you're connected to the power supply here in Terre Haute. I don't know where the main one is or where the power is coming from. But usually, 
The power is, there's never usually any interruption in the power here. Well, I shouldn't say that. There's usually a lot. Seems like it here. But regardless, you know, the first thing when the power, you know, you're having power problems, you usually don't call up the electric company. You go and see if it's something internally. You know, if the, the stove's not working, then you don't call, call them up and, and call up Duke Energy and say, hey, what's going on with the power? Usually you're going to check the, you know, your oven and make sure it's not the oven. And most time it is. Hallelujah. Well, that's what's happened here. We've been connected to the supply, but many times it's internally the reason why the supply is not flowing freely. Okay, next thing. Galatians 3.13. His body was, was broken for ours. He is our substitute. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Say, I'm redeemed from the curse. For being made a curse for us. Notice this. We're always seeing us in there. He became a curse for us. For it is written. Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Verse 14. Why? So that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us. Hallelujah. He became a curse. So the blessing would come upon us. Amen. All right. First uh, Peter 2.24. Remember, his body is a substitute for us to become righteous. He redeemed us from the curse. In 1 Peter 2.24, it says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, say, I'm dead to sins. Hallelujah. That's a good one to confess. I'm dead to sins. Should live unto righteousness. Hallelujah. Why are you going to live unto righteousness for? Why can you live unto why can you even why can't you even do righteous things? Because you are righteous. Amen. You know, a sinner can do righteous acts, but he's not righteous. See, the world's got that confused. Some of the church does too, because they're trying to do good works. Thinking that is gonna that that's enough. That's the approval of God. But that's not the approval of God. The approval of God is your faith in the work of Christ. Amen. That He made you righteous. Right? So it's not your good works that makes you righteous. It's Jesus Christ. Everyone say Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Well, because He has made us righteous, then we should live unto righteousness. Notice the by whose stripes you were healed. So we see here that his body was, was beaten. Glory to God. The stripes on Jesus that was put on his body was for us so that we could obtain healing. Amen? Healing, glory to God, is the children's bread. It's for us today. And so we see here three things that we're looking at. Righteousness, redemption, and we see healing. And so this morning, why are we taking the communion? So that we can appropriate it. Remember, the power is in the word. The power, the, the power of God is inherited in every word of God. And as you believe that, then you extract that from there. Amen. Number two, the blood. 
the blood was the repairing of the brokenness, broken relationship between God and man. Go over to 2 Corinthians 5.18. 2 Corinthians 5.18. It says, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given unto us the ministry of reconciliation to wit or to know that God was in Christ reconciling or bringing together the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Hallelujah. And so the Bible tells us that God, through the blood of Jesus, actually it was happened, and uh, he reconciled unto us, reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. He brought us together. Glory to God. Amen. There's no longer the division between God and man. Hallelujah. And it's interesting that he says this. He says in verse 19, reconciling the world unto himself. Now look at this, not imputing. Anyone know what imputing means? Another way of saying it would not be not charging. Not charging their trespasses, their sins, their transgressions unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So if truth be known, God is not holding or charging the world for their sins. Amen. That is the ministry of reconciliation that you have been given, I've been given, to go out and tell the world. Why does the world think that God's mad at them? Why does the world think that God's against them? Well, because they know they're sinners. They know they've done bad. Amen. And because of that, they do not think they can come. I don't know how many people over the years have told me, invite them to church. Well, I'm not coming in church because I know the roof will fall in. You know, well, why would, they, why would they even say something like that? Well, because they feel like God's angry at them. They feel like God cannot ever accept them or forgive them for what they've even done. Well, the truth is, he's already taken care of that. He's already taken care of it. He's not charging the world. So listen, when, when that day comes and we stand before the Lord on Judgment Day, when the world stands before the Lord, because we're all going to stand before him, but there's going to be two different judgments. Amen. There'll be the one where you and I stand before him, and that'll be for our works, but there's going to be the one where the world stands before him. And I tell you what, they're going to be utterly surprised, those who did not accept the Lord. Because they're going to be standing before him. The question is not going to be, you, you can't come in because you did this and you've done that and you did this and all of that. That's not going to be what the Lord's going to be saying. The reason why they will not come in is only one reason, and it's because of their sin. Not sins, sin. Okay, there's a difference. Sins are the acts. The sin, there's one thing. Go over. To, let's look at this real quick. Go over to John. Let me see if I can find it. I think it's John 16. 
And this is a message that we need to understand as the body of Christ because, again, the devil is out there misconstruing all of the, to the word and trying to keep them bound by lies. Amen. And the truth of it is, glory to God, the love of God has already made a way for them. John 16, here it is. Just start in verse 7. Hallelujah. Guys, I am so glad to be back in here. I am. And I'm so glad it feels like the, the Lord's leading us, you know, just giving us things that we're going. Uh, I was wondering if I'd ever get back here. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's so good and merciful, isn't he? John 16, 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I'll send him unto you. Thank God for the comforter. How many has got the comforter? Amen. We got him. It says, when he has come, now notice, he will, it's telling you what his uh, uh, job duties will be. He will reprove the world of sin. Notice the world. And of righteousness and of judgment. Now here's the sin. Verse 9. Of sin because they believe not on me. So with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, he is going to reprove the world of sin and that sin is to the world that they believe not on Jesus. That's the only, that's the only thing that they're going to be accountable for. That's what the world's going to be accountable for. That's the only thing that's going to keep them from going to heaven and causing them to go to hell. That right there. Not by their acts, I can tell you right now, there, there are th people have done hideous crimes. They're, they've done, you know, acts that are just, you makes your skin crawl. But I'm telling you, that's not what's keeping them from the love of God. That's not what's keeping them out of heaven. You can have someone on death row who has deserves, to, deserves the punishment that they're getting here. But if they call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, sincerely out of their heart and believe on him that, they, that he died for them for their justification and they give their life to him, guess what? They'll be born again and they'll be, we'll be with them in heaven. Amen? And there'll be no, the, you'll not want to, you, you, when we get there, you're not going to be saying, I don't want to be around them. There, that won't even be an issue anymore. Amen? The reason why people do the things they do is because they're, they're sinners, number one, the nature, and then the devil in this world, you know? And it's only by the grace of God that you and I made it in, the mercy of God. Because we, we could have ended up on any other path in life. Amen? But through prayers that were probably offered up for us, mothers and uh, fathers and uh, relatives and friends praying for us all. Thank God we ended up where we are. Amen. And so we have, so we see here the sin that is keeping the world from coming to God, keeping them from, that it will keep them out of heaven is simply not believing on Jesus. 
And so the ministry of reconciliation that's been given to us is to tell them God's not angry with you. God's not upset with you. God loves you so much that you've already been given salvation. You've already been given eternal life. All you need to do is receive it, is accept it. Amen? And if we can get that message down, if we can get that in our hearts where we believe that and that we know, what, we know what's keeping them from coming to God and we understand that we're the working of the Holy Ghost, listen, it's, gonna be, it's not going to be hard to win the loss. Amen? You can't, you can't go towards the loss thinking about their acts and thinking about how bad they are and thinking about all the things that they're doing, how it's rubbing you the wrong way and everything. Because that's what the devil wants. The devil wants us divided. devil wants us offended. Amen. And, and it's easy to get offended, depending upon what you feed on. And you know, the world right now is crazy. And it's easy to point out how crazy they are. And if you're, not, if you're not careful, you're, you're putting them over here in a box that we won't even go touch them. We won't want nothing to do with them. But yet, truthfully, God loves them and salvation belongs to them. And you and I are the ones who have the message. And you and I, you and I are the ones who are called. Amen. And the love of God is the only thing that's going to break through those barriers. Well, that's the only thing that's going to break over to go talk to a Democrat. <laughs> Honestly. Amen. Because we can get so one-minded thinking that, you know, they're just devil. Well, yeah, they may be being, people may be used by the devil, but that's no, we're supposed to go and deliver them. We're to go give them the message because you and I were in that group once before. Amen. Hallelujah. So, glory to God, the blood, the blood of Jesus, hallelujah, has, has uh, bridged us to God. Amen. It's bridged the whole world to God. And now for us to, to get them, we got to help them go across that bridge. And that bridge is Jesus Christ. That's the only thing holding them out. Hallelujah. And that's the only thing you've got to convince and persuade people of. Glory to God. When you're talking to them, amen, is listen, all you need is Jesus Christ. You don't even talk to them about their sins. Don't even talk to them about their failures or faults. Amen. You've got to get past that, and you've got to be able to, to see them through God's eyes. See them covered with the blood. See them, glory to God, walking with him. Amen. Be praying for them that their eyes be opened. What's the, what's the one thing that the devil does? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, I think it's 2 Corinthians 4, 4, talks about he puts blinders on the, on the eyes of the unbeliever. Well, we've got the name of Jesus, amen? And when we're praying for them, Lord, devil, get those blinders off so that they may see. Hallelujah, amen? Hey, when hopelessness comes into the world, that's when usually you look in history, that's when revival comes, comes out. When through, the, through, the, through all the times, it's never when things are prosperous and things are going good. It's usually when man is being pressured, when man, darkness is, be, is coming upon, that's usually when revival begins to break out. Why? Because man's heart's searching. 
Amen? So this is not our worst time. This should be our greatest time. Hallelujah. The church's finest hour. Amen? We are the body of Christ in this earth. We are him. We are his hands. We are his feet. We are his mouthpiece. Glory to God. And we've got the message. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, let's stand. I'm going to stop right here. We're going to go ahead and receive communion this morning. What's the other thing that the blood provides for you and I? Forgiveness. Hallelujah. Everyone say forgiveness. Listen, I've been using that blood lately. Amen. Because I went through a small period of time where I was angry and, and just accusing. But I knew I was wrong. But thank God for mercy and thank God for the blood. Are you listening? Amen. It's important you keep your heart right. Keep it pure. Hallelujah. We're not going to understand everything. I don't understand everything with Jesse, what happened. That's not, but you know what? I can, I'm not going to dwell on it. That's, that's between her and God, and if God if God will show me, then he will. If he doesn't, I'm okay with that. I know, because I have his word. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, you know, just had to get, just had to come to grip on some things and get my heart right. And thank God for the blood of Jesus. He forgives me. Amen. He has mercy. Hallelujah. And there's things in your lives. There's things, maybe, you know, it didn't turn out the way or, or things didn't happen, what you thought. Well, this, this is where we fall back on the word. I thank God for the teaching and thank God for the years of this. Otherwise, otherwise you know, it'd be a basket case. Hallelujah. But God is good. The word is true. So if you need healing today, then yes, we're appropriated. If you got those thoughts and, and you know, and I'm, I'm sure there are some in here that, you know, well, why, how, how come Pastor Jesse didn't get it? I don't know. But don't let that prevent you. Amen. Don't let that, don't that, let that be a roadblock to you of God's goodness. It belongs to you. It belongs to me. Are you here? Amen. You need forgiveness? You've got things in your heart? We were gonna get, I wanted to get over and talk a little bit about judging. Because that's a big hindrance. And, and that's one of the things we're supposed to do in this service is judge ourselves. So that we not be judged, it says. Amen. It didn't say judge your, judge your neighbor, judge your spouse, judge your kids. It says judge you. You're to look in your life. You're to look in your heart. You're to, you're to, to take an inventory of yourself and things that are un, not pleasing. And, and it's simple, you know, it's not like you need someone to help you. We all have it. We all know. We all have a conscience. We all have the, the knowing on the inside of us. Amen. Well, he says, then you judge yourself. You just say, that's not good. That's not right. I'm correcting that. Lord, forgive me. And then you move on. But I'm seeing more and more, this is one of the most important things that, that we can do. So this is supposed to be a time 
where we look at ourselves and then we receive what he's provided for us. Glory to God. So we're going to have the ushers come up and they're going to pass out the communion. You can go ahead and be seated. And then we'll receive all together. Everyone say, the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. Praise the Lord.